3: Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of two pros and a couple of Joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on
4: Fox Sports Radio.
5: Hey guys. Good morning. Hey. 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 Still efforting uh, the new intros. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I wasn't yeah. even going to bring it up. You I know, forgot,
0: I forgot to email Lee back. Uh, full disclosure, it's my fault. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually, heard that song. I was like, oh, Jonas' song sounds like just like his other ones. Yeah, absolute trash.
5: <laughs> awesome. That you couldn't decipher yeah. the difference.
0: No, because they all sound the exact same. It's yeah. like, right. I, think, ah. I think there's gonna, a
6: little truth in that. Day. I mean, I think I'm gonna roll with there. a banger
5: from the mid '90s. I think that's what I'm gonna do here. I mean, yeah. It
0: doesn't matter, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm gonna try to reach out to Vito and be like, hey, do you think there's a chance I could just take Jonas's spot mm. damn mm. it's just it's such bad music man
5: listen mm. i'm not gonna sit here and be judged about my
6: why is sports. jonas's song the first song to go every day know.
5: i don't want I don't it to know. be
6: you know why because it's his show no i'll just be telling people they don't get this you know jo- jonas knox is kaiser Sose. i mean it's just he's verbal kent to everyone out there but when you get down Isaac to the Scherzi. brass tax. <laughs> there you go.
1: Isaac yeah. <laughs> Suzy.
6: Yeah.
7: There he is. So I got a limp.
6: Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you you know, you play the game the right way to make sure everybody thinks that you're this passive aggressive little Isaac dude. Isaac.
3: Yeah.
5: Right. Right. I hear you, man. But you're like the dude. It's all the plan. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's all part of the plan. I mean, it's probably a better plan than what uh, David Tepper has in Carolina. That's for sure. Because, uh, man... He had a uh, a fun little press conference yesterday following the firing of Frank Reich, which we talked about on the show yesterday as well, too. And, um, well, I mean, listen, he explained, look, they, they were falling short in all aspects. That's why they needed to move on from Frank Reich. But he also uh, was asked about some reports that Frank Reich actually wanted C.J. Stroud with the number one pick. And David Tepper responded to that and explained just what the process was like in deciding on their young quarterback, Bryce Young, no pun intended, over C.J.
8: Stroud. Let's take a listen. Originally, we were going to go to the number two pick, and and, uh, we thought we'd get C.J. because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was our number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. But uh, in answer to your questions, it's just not the way the process was done. The process was done the way the process was done. And again, even though if there was a process with five people in the room and, four, and the way the votes came in, it was Frank was the first choice, I always could veto that choice. And even if it was Bryce and the votes came in unanimously in this particular case, I could have vetoed that choice. I'm just gonna say that I supported both choices I supported the coaches, I supported the scouts, their unanimous opinion, and I supported uh, Frank Rice. So whatever's good, bad, or indifferent, is ultimately because the buck stops here, and I take full responsibility for everything. But that's the way the process runs. As far as Bryce Young is concerned, we are totally confident in that pick. Okay, I think the people that made that pick first, you know, would be totally confident in that. And, and for me, I'm totally confident in agreeing with that pick. Well, I'm not totally... He is so unrelatable. <laughs> I'm not oh totally
5: confident in the Carolina Panthers after hearing that.
8: <laughs> Wait, so hold on. Sorry
0: for LeVar. <laughs> Why do you say that? I mean, cause you heard it too. I, I just,
6: he, he's just unrelatable. I mean, you're listening. I'm listening to him, and my ears are bleeding. Like they just started to bleed. Like, like patch him up. I don't want to hear it. It, it, it sounds disingenuous. It sounds pompous. It sounds arrogant. It, it sounds, uh, dismissive. It, it and it almost has a sense of air like maybe billions has got me messed up man cuz oh, no. I'm, si- I'm listening to him and he sounds like prince you know he sounds like yeah <laughs> he sounds like prince you know and and i'm i'm just sitting here listening and it's like you're so disingenuous dude like i have the right to veto like bro we know you're the owner <laughs> you're the owner yeah we all know what yeah. you have the power yeah, to keep do. keep your pants you on. We don't tea. have to see
0: everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you. Go yeah. ahead. You take it. You take it. <laughs> let it I go. mean, I, I would handle this very similar to if I was an attorney. If I was an attorney. I, I would handle it probably in this manner. One of the first things you do when, I, I guess if, you know, it depends on which side you're on. But if you're deposing someone or you got someone on the stand, you're, what you're trying to do is take away their credibility. If, if they're working against you. So in this instance, I think how you take away David Tepper's credibility is why should we believe anything he has to say? He just fired the past two head coaches and he probably said a lot of things that he said he meant back then to Matt rule, who didn't even make it three, full years. And to Frank Reich, he didn't even make it a full year. So like, let's just start there. Like, why would we take anything he says about the process with any truth whatsoever? Mm. And on top of that, what else is he going to say in regards to the decision? Whether it actually was Bryce Young or not, it's not like David Tepper owes us to be honest. And it's not like he's going to be honest if it was C.J. Stroud, because how's that going to look? Hey, we just fired our head coach, but the reality is we actually wanted the other guy, but you know, our our former head coach wanted this guy, and that's why you know, it's just it's a whole mess right now, let me be honest with you guys. I mean, it's it's like, what are you gonna say? So I, I sit back and just think, Yeah, we can play the sound. I just there's not gonna be any validity to it because only the people who are in that room truly know how it went and who was in on it. I I go back to do you remember last year? When the pro days were happening, do you remember there was some sound when Josh McCown like had said something to CJ Stroud like you know we're gonna this or we're gonna that and and it's it sounded like Josh McCown really wanted to you know go with him.
5: Yeah. Do you remember that? And and the betting odds swung. They swung
0: huge, and that was like somewhere in the ballpark of the combine all that, right? Yeah. And then it, it took until like almost right before the draft where they swung back the other way. That was a an eye opener for me. Thinking, huh? I I wonder if there's a disconnect here between the front office and the coaching staff, between the coaching staff and the owner, between the owner and everyone else. I mean, this is the first time happened to Washington when the the now Commanders drafted RG three, mm. which seemed like it was the owner's pick. Shanahan's apparently wanted Kirk Cousins, which happened to got drafted the same year. Like you can go on down the line on some different scenarios, usually this stuff, you know, ends up working itself out. But I don't know in this case, man. It's just – I don't know why you'd believe anything David Tepper would say.
5: The biggest mistake they made was including DJ Moore in this trade. That's the biggest mistake they made. Guys got 70 catches and over 1,000 yards and not exactly – the most fluid offense in the NFL, where you've had a starting quarterback get injured, he was catching passes from Tyson Bajant for a handful of games. You mean to tell me that if if you were to pull Frank Reich aside and said, hey, Frank, you know if you could do it all over again, would you have preferred to keep DJ Moore and maybe include another draft pick? The answer would be yes. They don't have anything around Bryce Young. And I think that was the biggest whiff of all this, is that they included a legitimate Pro Bowl weapon that would have been a really nice compliment to a young quarterback who needs all the help he can get. And instead, they added that piece
0: in. That sounds great. But you could have just added another receiver to it that caliber. I mean, let's be honest. You could have done it before the trade deadline. You could have done it in free agency. I mean, they signed a bunch of guys, too. So, like, I I know what you're saying. It sounds good. But – like they, they could have replaced even DJ Moore with finding someone similar to DJ Moore. So I just I don't know. I mean it, that wasn't the biggest mistake that they made to all this. I mean it was a mistake or part of it because they didn't replace him with someone who was his caliber. Like yes, you brought in Thielen. Thielen's been great for them. Yeah, but they didn't replace him with someone who could be a number one who could you know threaten the field deep and all that, which they could have went out and looked for other other you know guys other players. Mm.
5: it's a mess man i i feel bad for bryce young like i i come away less confident that that he's going to have a real opportunity there to succeed based on whatever the hell you call that yesterday and just the frank reich's got to go uh you know i i the buck stops here so on and so forth and i just wonder is this and we were talking about it yesterday of course somebody's going to take the job but I mean, how attractive is this of a job now to where if you're a coach and you've got options out there, it's like, man, do I really want to go somewhere where this guy's this impulsive? Like that if I'm going to
6: have options. You you You're definitely going to weigh out the options. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll I put it this way. I, still I'm still going to take it. I mean, can yeah, I, can I throw
0: my name out there to put my name in the hat in the ring? Oh, can I go? Yeah, sure. I mean, Frank million. We'll, we'll get million. you out there. You won't be a coach, but you'll, you'll be there somewhere. That's fine. Hmm. Lavar will be called the defense. It'll be great. Oh, geez. That's fine.
6: We'll yeah, be no, back on the radio Levar? before you know it. Just hold our spot, Scott. Hey, uh, here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: at, least, at least we'll get a nice payout. <laughs> it's like...
5: Do you think Ben Johnson should take this job if offered? I you mean, look,
0: it, it all comes down to money, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, Lavar, If he offered you fifteen million or more per year, it's going to be hard for you to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take that." Especially
6: if you may not have that opportunity somewhere else. It's just—it just comes down, like you said, Jonas. If you have options, then you you weigh out the opportunities that are presented to you through those options. If you really want to be a head coach, chances are. You're going to have to take over a team that isn't good. You know why you're going to take over a team that isn't good? Because the team that isn't good just fired their coach, and now there's a coach in vacancy. You're not going to generally have a great opportunity to take over as a coach in the National Football League of a really, really fine team. That's just a uh, Mike Tomlin. That's, that's timing. that's timing you know you you get to take over the Steelers after Bill Cowher you didn't get rid of Bill Cowher because Bill Cowher couldn't coach and this was a horrible team you got uh, Bill you know it was time it it was just it was a transitional time so when you take over a a really really good franchise that's going to be so far and few in between you know and and so to me if you're getting the opportunity to take over a team as a head coach, yes, you entertain it. And if you get the opportunity to take it, I would assume more, more guys than not would take the opportunity. I mean, even though, you know, you only get a limited amount of times to mess up being a head coach in the National Football League. I
5: mean, there was some stuff out there that Greg Olson was interested
6: in. I saw in, uh, that in that article. I saw the that there, you know. I thought that was interesting. You yeah. you got I mean, how you guys think he would do? I mean, Greg Olson would be able to go in there. Whoever goes in there has to tell this owner to shut the F up. Like and and go sit in the corner and be an owner. Like it's okay for you to be the owner and not be Jerry Jones. Everybody's not gonna be Jerry Jones. I'm sorry. If you're trying like if you thought in your mind you did that interview and you walked away and you looked in the mirror after you were done, you were like, Yeah. Take that, Jerry. you 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 were grossly mistaken. Jerry Jones is one of the most brilliant men in terms of how he handles himself and how he handles the media, whether knowingly at all times or not, doesn't really matter. He has so, been a brilliant dude in
0: how he does things in the media.
6: So Everybody's not gonna thing, be able
0: to do that. Here's the thing about David Tepper that I think you you have to know and understand to, I think, maybe get a sense for why he's turned over Matt Rule so quickly and Frank Reich so quickly. It, it's his background. Like, you have to look at, you know, for example, he worked uh, at Goldman Sachs as a credit analyst. And what he was responsible for was, you know, basically um, bankruptcies and special situations and so in that what a lot of times what happens is you know you're trying to trying to fix an issue right like something's already been burnt to the ground like a business has gone defunct it's bankrupt they don't have any money or there's other special situations or, or workouts as you call them right you've got a, a loan or something's going on someone's not able to pay it and you're going to try to structure to fix it or you just you know take it over take over that company build that company back up sell it off right you know that was his background and He's he's been a fixer in that sense in the financial world. And I I think he he looks at his intelligence, his experience and says, if I was able to do that at Goldman Sachs and Appaloosa management and, and, and be one of the Titans in the finance world. And oh, by the way, I bought a minority stake in the Steelers. And I've seen how that family organization has run it. I could do this in the NFL. Like, I can fix this. I can look at the numbers. I can look at the data and the analytics, and I can, I can fix this. And I can turn it over and over and over. And I'll keep turning it over until we find the right guy. And I'll just do it fast. Like, the problem with that is, like, you forget, it is a people-person business. Like, what I hate about that is, in no way, shape, or form does that really care about the development of the people who are in that building, in particular, a young quarterback. And so my concern is more of, does his perspective and background, does it really gel or mesh with what it takes to be successful in football? We know it helps make money. We know it helps other companies in various industries. But does it actually help a football team grow and succeed and achieve and and understand how that works in that sort of environment? I I don't know. I mean, again, I, I I don't like betting against smart people. But there's a lot of smart owners who own a football franchises in the NFL that aren't competitive each year. And instead they're just trying to run a business. And they're just trying to make a profit. Now no one wants to tell you that, but there's only probably about ten or twelve. Like every year that you can kind of bank on. And that's just the reality of it. So I, I just I think it's his background as much as anything has led to how he's handled this.
4: What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, the Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith presents the Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: There could be a surprising change in Minnesota and our friends listening on the Yallahan of the Twin Cities. uh, That would be the Yallahorn, rather. Why did I say Yallahan? What the hell's wrong with me?
0: I thought you were going to talk about the in-season tournament. Are we not going to talk about that this morning? Oh, God.
5: No, what? I don't have my unicycle. You know, that big double dare fest. The NBA rolls out with a bunch of goofy courts and goes, Hey,
0: look at us. Look at this cool it's idea different. It's It's not. It's not the same. It's not the regular season. Uh, it's different. Have you seen the courts? They don't look anything uh, like It's just so goofy. They had to create something that made it look
6: different. It just had to hit differently to make you feel like, there's something that's stake here. Have You're in some, a different place, a different environment.
8: Have it
5: some good basketball. I heard that works. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Like It's like, oh, look at this. That's fire. Bang, hey, bang. Look, early. We, hey, we redesigned our menu. Yeah, but the food still sucks. right. Yeah, don't I'm worry Jonas about Knox. it. Turn up,
7: Jim, how are you scoring it? <laughs> I got a 10-9 after three. Jim. Uh, but... um okay
5: Jim but uh, the situation in Minnesota is this Josh Dobbs just got there like an hour and a half ago and um, apparently his his job is already in jeopardy because the Vikings reportedly are going to spend the bye week deciding on which quarterback is going to be the best I guess passer of the football to one Justin Jefferson that will know how to utilize him the best. this was Kevin O'Connell yesterday discussing the plan at QB with the returning Justin Jefferson. Anytime you can you know, infuse the best receiver in football back into your offense, there's going to be ways to not only get Justin going and make sure he has a critical, critical impact. And the quarterback position absolutely plays into that. Um, Justin, depending on the type of coverage uh, that we're playing against, uh, having the ability to clearly win one-on-ones, uh, understands how to win versus double teams, where double teams are coming from, how those double teams may open up uh, some windows and matchups for some of the other guys on our offense. We're going to make sure that, uh, you know, whoever's playing quarterback is aware and understands the intent behind plays where either Justin is the primary uh, or based upon coverage, based upon the defensive look, you know, how to quickly and efficiently get to uh, the right place to go with the football. And NFL's a cold world. huh? Well,
0: that, that's <laughs> not, like not that. a really complicated, right? <laughs> you know. Like it was a whole lot. There's a whole lot, a whole lot of Jeez. yeah. We're just getting the ball to Justin Jefferson. We want to have the guy who we think could do it the best. Yeah, right. Could, could simplify. It. Here's why you have to complicate it because you want to seem like it's complex, and you want to seem like, well, hey, you know, we, we want to go with this guy because he's been here and he knows the system, and you know, it's a complex thing when you have to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. And you got like the reality is they traded for Nick Mullins. If he's healthy and ready to go, they probably feel better about his ability throwing the football. Even though I'd argue, like, I don't know how you can watch what Josh Dobbs has done and not say, yeah, maybe we should consider him, too, even though he just got here. He's smart. He's been able to lose, use multiple systems. I, I, look, I know the Bears game looked bad. How many of those, those four interceptions were tipped? Three. Three of them. And then oh did God. the other one go through Addison's hands? Uh, God, it
5: might have. I forget.
6: The first one, Addison should have
0: caught it. Yeah. Like,
6: he should have caught it. Like, they were saying that he might have been early, you know, Dobbs might have been early. No. Yeah, you know that, that the is the Perfect have it, it. to your point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he should have caught it. So, so three of the four were for sure tipped, which at that point, like, as, as a quarterback, like, what do you want it to do? If the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage, like, oh, gosh, that guy, this get him out of there. It's okay. Well, it, is it his fault? Like, he throws it and it hits a wide receiver perfectly. It's volleyball set up. Like, LeVar gets to watch with his daughter on the weekends. Like, he's watched all these nice bumps and sets. Like, that's what it looked like on Monday night. Yeah, it did. I'm just like, what do you want him to do? Outside of that, you know, you guys damn near won in Denver. It was a tight game, played well. And you won in Atlanta and New Orleans. And he played well. Like, I think the interesting thing about this move is if they do move away from Dobbs, I'll be curious to see if it's Mullins or Jared Hall, if either of them can use their legs well enough like he has, which has saved them in some instances in the game, whether Justin Jefferson comes back or not. But I can promise you this, all right? Kevin O'Connell is one of the best play callers in the NFL. Probably doesn't always get the credit for it, but if you knew the importance that he puts on Justin Jefferson, and granted, he should. Justin Jefferson is one of the best players in the league. But importance in the sense of, how every single team plays them and then how that impacts his play calling and that impacts their game planning each week. If you could understand that from that perspective, you then would understand and say, well, he wants a guy to come in and run the plays how he thinks they're supposed to be run. Like when you're a great play caller, what sometimes probably gets frustrating is like, hey, the play was there. The guy doesn't see it. He takes off and runs, gets the first down. And everyone's clapping, but he's like, ah. Could have thrown for a twenty yard, you know, game. Instead, we got a first down. But yeah. like you, time and time, watch that again on film. And you finally just go, all right, we just we need to make a change here because we're we're leaving some opportunities, we're leaving some yards out there on the field. I mean, that's an essence. If they make the switch, what they're going to point to and say. And and it's fine if that's the case. They win games, but this is a team that's still in the playoff hunt, and I think this is a critical decision for what happens for this team moving forward, whether or not they can remain in the playoff hunt or if they fall off and become a team that is just looking towards 2024.
5: What would you guys do? Because I'd go with Josh Dobbs.
6: Let me ask you guys this, and, and that's a good question, Jonas, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what, what my answer is, but I want to I wanna ask you guys this before we answer that. Do you feel like this is a pressure cooker for your coach? Do you feel like the coach is responding because it's a pressure cooker? I mean, if you're not doing well, when you get your best receiver back does this mean that your your tush is not getting pushed but it's heating up
5: no I, I i think what the job he's done has been pretty commendable considering look i mean yeah they did start off poorly but you know without Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins you know they were they were what 5 and 2 or whatever it was like he's they've they've gotten themselves back into playoff contention so i feel like he's done a pretty good job and by
0: this. the way like Last year they were what eleven and zero in one score games or something like that. Yeah, that, that they're five and five this year. Like that's more of the average. Like not, I mean, we'd never seen that in the NFL last year. We've never seen what they were able to do to get to thirteen wins, and everyone knew they'd revert back to that average at some point. And so now we're here. And to Jonas's point, like they've overcome so much. They have with the injuries. Where you had your literally your best receiver or the best receiver, one of them, top two. If, if you would have, don't think he's one, you know, gets injured for a, a good portion of the season. Cousins is playing at an MVP level, like literally. Jonas, look up right now. Where is Kirk Cousins, who hasn't played in I don't know how many weeks, what five now? Go look up and, and go look up and see where he ranks for yards still. I, I bet he's in the top forty-five. But my point is like you lost both those guys and you've been five and two since it's absurd like they've done a hell of a job overcoming adversity so I don't think there's anybody who's in the hot seat I just think I'm telling you man like some of these play callers if, if things are not being run exactly how they want, they will try to find somebody who will because they feel like they're they're that good of a play caller and they're leaving stuff out there on the field and also
5: I, I do find it a little bit comical that Josh Dobbs is on the hot seat because of a turnover problem, three of which you don't know, maybe put totally on him from the other night when this team was fumbling the football at an alarming rate before he got there.
0: Oh, I witnessed that week three. Like, I, mean, I, ha- I was just like, what the hell is happening? So
5: I'm curious, how many of those guys also got benched in favor of somebody else because the turnovers were such a problem? They're well, leading okay. the league in turnovers. Actually,
0: actually, I mean, you almost to say this is direct relation to it, but when Cam Akers stuff didn't work out in L.A., where'd he, where'd he go? Minnesota yeah and he was with a bunch of those guys when he was drafted there and so to that point like Madison's having fumbling issues oh just so happens Cam Akers showed up he gets injured and they've been able to overcome that like it's it's really it's been a remarkable season for them so far but Jonas were you able to find the the passing leaders in regards to where Cousins still ranks
5: Yeah, still efforting Still, working still Are it, you yeah, waiting on
0: Lee to do this? Because okay. I already have the answer.
5: Uh, I, I was looking up the turnover totals in the NFL because I
0: okay. wanted to see how. Kirk Cousins right now, okay, right now, has not, he's only played eight games. All right? There's other guys in the league who've played 12, 11. He is top 20 <sighs> in passing. Hmm. If you did touchdowns, mind you, all right, touchdown passes. Again, hasn't played, only played eight games. Kirk Cousins is still 10th in the league right now. It's, it's nuts. Like He he was having probably low-key one of the better years, and he got no attention for it at all. And he, he might have won the MVP if he stayed on that pace.
5: Let me ask you a question right now. Would you like the Patriots' chances the rest of the season better with Kirk Cousins injured or a healthy Mac Jones?
0: What I don't understand that that well, doesn't mean, even make sense. If Kirk like, Cousins is injured, he's not there. Yeah,
5: but like, say you just roll him out there, put him in shotgun, give him a crutch, and just say, "All right, figure it out." Just from the shotgun stance, and then, or would you rather roll with Mac Jones completely healthy in New England the rest of the I, year?
6: I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm gonna take my chances with uh, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, I'll with Lavar in that case.
5: I feel bad saying that, but. <laughs> so insulting
6: i'd rather take incomplete than, than <laughs> the
5: latter oh, really uh yeah just incomplete just no uh, no completions to the other team uh right. which would be the problem yeah I, I don't look i hope i would like to see minnesota make the playoffs with josh dobbs a quarterback because i think it's the appropriate ending to what he's done so far this year like yeah it, it
0: would I, awesome. I want that for him like i want him to be rewarded that way yeah
6: but I mean, otherwise he's going to end up, you know, making a spaceship or walking on the moon or Mars or something like that, man. I mean, I don't have any problems with where Josh Dobbs will end up landing. I just don't think that it makes sense to hold him fully accountable for some of the mishaps that took place in this last game. That's was well, what I would say.
5: Well, well, Josh Dobbs, like, has he spoken about like, like which part of the set? that was designed to fake the moon landing the first time like which part like did was he a part of like, that's what
6: you really you really believe that like do, that's was what it you the feel?
5: lighting or did he like wow. put together like the the fake space background like which which part of that
6: so you're make? one of those dudes that don't believe no, that people really have gone
5: into it, space It just that that's one that i find
6: on. myself questioning it I, I do i'm not gonna lie <laughs> every time i hear an Stop astronaut it. talk about being in space i don't know why I just find it hard to believe that you can get out of the stratosphere and then get back into it.
5: You want to get people lit up on social media? Just say that the earth is flat or that the moon landing was faked. Well, that's and true. Because uh,
6: Kyrie it. Irving has still not been forgiven. <laughs> so is, right. forgiven is that your it. whole
0: goal, Jonas, by saying that? Is that what you're looking to do is get people to just send mean tweets at you so you can retweet them? Yeah, why not?
2: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Right now, it's time to class up the joint with the old P. Petros Papadakis, he is the co-host of the Petros and Money Show, which you can hear on the Blowtorch. AM 570 LA Sports, Fox College Football Analyst. Petros, good morning.
1: All right, Petros. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My season is over. I'm done doing college football for the year. Thank you to everybody at Fox and... uh, FS1 and FS2 and everywhere that I got to work all season long.
0: How does it feel? Are you are you sad? I always feel like it's, uh, it's almost like a punch in the gut at the end of the season, you know? Well, it's
1: hard to watch people work when you're not working, and that's basically the whole bowl season if you work at Fox. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a little bittersweet. But it's always nice to be done and have more time to watch obscure movies. Who was the best team you saw all year, Petros? Oh, that's a sad question. Why? Probably Oregon State. And now they got changes. Yes, yes, they do.
5: Yeah, yeah.
6: Hey, uh, Op, can I ask you a serious question? Yes. <laughs> if a team plays here, we go during the course of a season. And they, they some way, somehow, happen to find their way into the conference championship. And in that ch- conference championship game, they win. They win, and they don't go to the college playoff. But yet another team in their conference that doesn't even play in the game or played in the game that lost or was not ever even in the game still ends up going to the college playoff. Isn't there something un-American about that? Isn't there something totally <laughs> awful about that?
1: God. Like ketchup on a hot dog? I mean, I like ketchup <laughs> on a hot dog. But it's, it is seen as un-American. I mean, you yeah, can take I mean, that.
0: clearly, Lavar, because you like ketchup on a hot dog, you are not. I discredited my, my point here. Well, uh, <laughs> it's a little
1: suspect. <laughs> okay. uh, your point is that if you don't win or go to your conference championship game, you shouldn't be able to play in the college football playoff,
6: right. you can be a national champ, but not even be a champ of your own conference. Yeah, that seems backwards to me.
1: Yeah, that's been one of the huge problems of this whole system for quite some time. That they have made it to where the conference championship games don't matter, or might not matter, or if they're inconvenient, they won't matter. So, absolutely right. It is wrong. It's been stupid ever since the whole thing began. You should not be able to play for the title or in the playoffs if you did not win your conference. Uh, That being said, we got to find ways to get more than one SEC team in there. (laughs) (laughs) And that is how ESPN and the people that they placed in charge of the college football playoff, which they own basically, uh, That's how they set it up. So it's changing. It's going to change. It's going to be to where you don't have to win your championship because we're going to have a 12-team playoff and all that. But, yes, this system, look, there's a lot of things right now in college football that just feel irrevocably broken. Sorry, that's a big word for this time of morning for me. But... (laughs) Like, we're paying people $20 million. Dana Holgerson got $14 million. I think the guy at Indiana, Allen, got $10 million to go oh, away. more than that. He yeah. actually
0: bought it down to $15.5. It was supposed well, to be 20
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jimbo got uh, the, the International Monetary Fund to leave uh, Texas A&M. Like, they had to drain three oil wells in Saudi Arabia for him. So... And then at the other side of it, as we talked about last week, we have all these people begging for money and Dion talking about a credit card swipe and everybody's podcast given the Giga Maggie's collective number so they can sift money, more money from the fans as opposed to just begging the rich guy that wants to be cool and hang out with the team, which is the way of college football. But it just feels like we're not doing – if we can pay these people $15 million to go away, but we have to beg the fan base to pay the players because players cost, and we've created this whole NIL thing, which has nothing really to do with name-image likeness at all. It's just pay-to-play. I mean, if this isn't more evidence that the schools need to pay the players, I don't know what is. But it is a wild time – there's always incongruity in college football, Levar. I feel like that's what we like about it, in a lot of ways, because it is not uh, balanced and all measured out like the NFL or a pro league. It's it's chaos, right. and that's fine. But but I agree about the conference championship thing. I do believe that it's un American and they should take that to Russia with the communists.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the backstory here, Petros, is Lavar is still upset about the twenty sixteen season where Penn State <laughs> won the Big Ten, but Ohio State went instead, and they did get drummed by the way by Clemson thirty one 0 nothing in the semifinal game, so Maybe it would have been a little more competitive too, have Penn State take on. I, I think uh, it's
1: a fair. I think I made that point on the air uh, back then. And by the way, the you go to Russia with the communist is part of the greatest. And I don't know if we've discussed this before. Oh, but part of the greatest pregame speech in the history of of television or any movie uh, in the great recruiting movie of the '80s. And I don't ever want to hear about stupid ass uh, any given Sunday with the guy's eye popping out and. St- Dumbass Al Pacino and Jesse Spano and all that. Uh, Johnny B. Good, starring Robert Downey Jr. as the backup quarterback, and actually starring Anthony Michael Hall. I just couldn't remember his name. As Johnny B. Good, the 1980s high school recruiting uh, into college movie about a very uh, a very talented quarterback who wins state championship after state championship in Indiana. He's got an A-hole head coach who's the same guy who's an A-hole in a Breakfast Club. Oh, and yeah. That guy was the a good the Great actor. Yeah. He was probably the best A-holes of A-holes. One of you, yes. One of you guys can pull his name on <laughs> He was that in time.
5: Lethal Weapon, too. Yeah, he's great. He got
1: no, punched Die, hard. die yeah. hard. Yeah, Die,
0: yeah, hard. die, die hard. hard. Yeah, Die Hard. I think he, he was on the field, the too, end. for that Patriots-Bills game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Paul Gleason. He's, Paul Gleason has past. That's right. But, uh, but he gives a speech, you know, early in the game, uh, in the movie, at the beginning of the movie, and he says something like, you know, he's doing a prayer, and he's saying like, uh, may no one be hurt on our side, <laughs> and uh, he goes on and on, and he goes, I'm a winner. I want to win. If you're a loser, you go over there to Russia with the commies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just—it's the greatest line in the history of football to me. And uh, if you do want to lose, you should go over to Russia with the commies.
6: Or, or,
0: or Which I don't even just, believe Russia's a communist just, country. Anymore. Just don't put ketchup on your hot dog, right? Mm. That's part of it, right? Right. Or let or somebody into the hot dog, dog
6: at all if you're Brady Quinn. Or, or let somebody—I don't in have the, to be in the predicament.
1: See. You can't let anybody into the college football playoff either if they didn't win the conference championship. Thank you. That, that, was, that my was my only, only good point, point P- P- Petros. Thank you very much,
5: Petros. Does it warm your heart to see Bobby Petrino back at Arkansas as offensive
1: coordinator, considering how he left? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you can call plays, you know, you know, there's some people that have a se- certain talent that can't be denied. <laughs> And that that talent uh, overrides some other maybe perhaps character issues.
0: (laughs) Petros, what what did he do wrong, Petros?
1: Well, look, some people are really into volleyball people, right? They're long and tall and irresistible to some. I'm more of a libero guy. (laughs) although I don't find anybody shorter more compact can get lower to, to the ground, ground. as I, I enjoy a libero they can get on the look. ground yeah <laughs> I like that. they don't go up high they go Hello. down low can
7: you go I you're not like an outside look. hitter yeah. guy I like somebody
1: saying. to look more like the volleyball As opposed to, <laughs> 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 I mean if we're talking about preference hmm. but look uh, <sighs> uh, let's just I'm going to turn this into something that we've probably discussed before but you know, if you live in an athletic department, there's all kinds of people around, and many of them are elite athletes or former elite athletes that are coaching elite athletes now and uh, quite attractive. Let's just put it like that. And uh, at USC, we had an elite and still do uh, swimming program. And everybody would just, and, and it, everybody would marvel at the fact that, you know, you're on your way to go get taped and run at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, and they're already in the pool. You know, you're coming home from school uh, at 4 in the afternoon, they're back in the pool while you walk by. I mean, these people are always in the pool. There's girls there, too. It's not like, you know, there's also girls on the swim team. It's not like you have a girl playing Sam Backer, you know, when you're playing at SC. So you're you're on the team with women, and no one wears anything. They don't wear anything. So they're staring at each other naked all day working out. And all they do when they swim is stare at the bottom of a pool. You know, there's a reason nobody popped out of a pool and like solved the world problem. You know, you don't have a lot of time to study while you're staring at the bottom of a pool. But once a month, the swimmers would throw a swimmer party, which would become just a volcano. Of decadence like Caligula because all they did was work out and stare at each other naked and everybody in the athletic department or anybody that lived close or maybe somebody that knew somebody would try to get into that swimmer party because they were truly truly a, uh, an absolute uh well let's just say uh Like an orgy. (laughs) And you'd have people running around, you know, wearing their gold medal that they just won in Sydney, swinging off their naked body, you know, on (laughs) some kind of MDMA drug. Anyway, (laughs) I have had this experience talking to other people about this from universities, and they also seeked out the swimmer parties because they were, uh, you know. Because the nature of the the swimmers. I mean, it delivers. You know, why, you know. It it really did. And, you know, if you're a football player, you might be able to run up on, like, a more insecure girl who's got huge shoulders, you know, and be like, hey, it's okay that you got big-ass arms and shoulders. (laughs) Mine are bigger, and I'm okay with it. (laughs) You know. I love doing behind It's okay that your back looks like a kite. (laughs) Dang.
0: I love going behind the scenes with the way Petro's mind works. Well, I'm just saying that that
1: Bobby Petrino fell victim to that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's a great breakdown.
1: A long and lean specimen, and Mm. you know, like he was, you know, running around out in the uh, the bush, he got excited and crashed his bike.
5: (laughs) Yeah,
6: what happens in the bush when you're running around like that? Uh, You fall to animal instincts. Hmm. Do you go down on all fours, or do you just continue? I don't know
1: what him. he did. You're gonna have to ask Bobby. But he got all scratched up. Is he as a you Homo can tell. erectus,
6: or was he? Was he not? Was One he, of the great
1: he... photos in the history of football is him all scratched up, freaking neck brace on. So he was certainly Homo erectus with the neck brace he on. He was Homo erectus with the neck brace on. Right. Okay. All right. Right. If he was an animal, they would have put one of those dog uh, saucer things.
5: say he couldn't lick himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> him being hey, a wreck has
5: led
6: to him getting that uh, that neck brace on, huh?
1: Yeah. Patrino, is like the is like the uh, he's sort of like the the equivalent uh, of uh, like an action hero for hire, right? He took a job at UNLV for like two weeks last year. And A&M called, and he was like, oh, oh got to go. Now, you know, I mean, this guy's pretty unreal. And now he's back in Arkansas. Good for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope he calls some great plays.
5: Yeah. Uh, Petros, uh, you've called great plays on this show throughout the course of this interview, and we appreciate it. Uh, you can get him on Twitter, at The Old P. That was Petros the big worst part about
1: COVID for college, by the way. The end of the swimmer parties. I hope they're back.
6: Hmm. Yeah. This is a great story. I mean, listen, you know, this is a great story. Lots I didn't stuff. even know that.
1: Lots. It's okay that you got shoulders and arms like the field end on this football team. <laughs> I'm
6: personally a fan of swimmers, personally. You know, they're
1: like human hang gliders. They're people, too. <laughs> so, what are you studying? The bottom of the pool. What about you? <laughs>
6: I mean, that takes talent. That You got to be gifted to be able to study the bottom of a pool.
1: Yeah. Well, these were, you know, I mean, and we had elite Olympic athletes. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, none of them went on to solve world problems mm-hmm. um, uh, but, like us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we do here. Yeah. Exactly uh, right.
3: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
1: You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got Fast.